0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the home birth experience. We're really excited today to be here with one of our families that had a baby seven weeks ago. Um, We are joined, Christina and I, with Emily and Joe. Hi, Emily. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thanks. You're welcome.
1: Joe?
2: Glad to be here.
1: (laughs) Break
0: the ice. <laughs> Say hi, Patrick. Okay. guy's is looking at his mama. Yeah. So we asked Joe and Emily to tell her story on the podcast because, of course, we love birth stories and theirs is pretty sweet. Um, let me ask you first, Emily, why did you decide to have a home birth? This is your second baby. What, what turned the table for you? Um, so we had our daughter three and a half years
1: ago in the hospital with an OB. I was induced at 41 weeks with no you know, complications or anything like that, um, well, leading to the induction. And then the hospital experience wasn't bad necessarily. At least when we left, I was like, oh, at least I didn't have a C-section. That was kind of my attitude about it. And then as time went on, I was like, you know, I really didn't enjoy that at all. I felt like I didn't give birth to her. I felt like she was just taken out of me. It was very impersonal. It was uncomfortable. We were trapped there for three days, basically. They wouldn't let us go home. And it just didn't feel like how it was supposed to feel. So when we got pregnant with Patrick, I, I just felt a really strong urge to do something different. And we tried the midwife in the hospital and it felt just like an OB. So then finally we were like, you know what we're going to do? Well, I said, I want to do a home birth. (laughs) I found, I just Googled home birth midwives and found you and talked to you for 30 minutes on the phone. And I called Joe and I was like, this is it. This is what we're doing. I feel so strongly about it because it just felt like that's how I'm supposed to have a baby. It's not Mm -hmm. supposed to be full of all these other people that we don't know and all of this medical stuff in a place I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, It just felt like what we were supposed to do.
0: What was your reaction to that, Joe? I
2: listened to some pretty <clears throat> crazy podcasts and, and in years past, I had mentioned to Emily, um, you know, I, I thought it would be cool to do like birth tourism and give birth in another country and that could be a way to... <laughs> he wanted
1: me to give birth can, in Mexico. That could
2: be a way... <laughs> That could be a way to get, to get, um, you know, dual citizenship in other countries and get different country passports. And, um, she was like, you're an absolute lunatic. Um, and then the one podcast in particular, um, the host, him and his wife, they have had, I think four children at home. And so it's not something that I thought was crazy or out of, you know, out of the realm of possibility. And yeah. Yeah. And then it was soon after we had first started talking about it, I was doing some work at a client's house um, and I don't know how it came up, but she had done, I think, three out of her four births were at home and it she... was the day
1: i talked <clears throat> to you on the phone he was at that okay, client's house when i was talking to you really and i called him and he was like you'll never believe who i'm talking she... to it was just like
2: she mailed emily a book she was she was just she was fantastic and her husband had nothing but great things to say and the kids all seemed pretty normal so
0: that's <laughs> important <So, laughs>
2: you know
1: and there was obviously when. When I told him, you know, I just talked to Julia. Uh, th- this is what we need to do, and yeah. he had talked to those clients. There was still a lot of questions that we had, which I know I probably asked you questions up until
2: I would <laughs> like, say, the moment he
1: came out. But yeah,
2: I would say that kind of felt like a sign. Yeah, that you know, but I, Emily and I, I think we've always been pretty good with if one of us feels passionately about something, we you we know,
1: trust each other. It's
2: not them. like I'm the leader of this family or she's the leader of this family. We we lead this family together and sometimes Mm -hmm. i follow emily and sometimes emily follows me and she felt very passionately about this and i said well let's let's do it let's figure it out and then down the line um my my good friend and his now wife they both um have their doctorates in physical therapy and in her last semester she did a research project on home births and she had nothing but excellent things to say about home birth and
1: just like another you know. reassurance so that
2: was that was cool too that you know two now uh, doctor friends of ours are are recommending it they're yeah. saying yeah. Well, yeah do it they said if you're not if you're not high risk absolutely
0: that's encouraging um, so
2: yeah that was that was great and then yeah. um my longtime childhood friend uh his father he's a he's a surgeon and i had talked to him and and he said well it sounds like you guys have done all your research he goes i you know he's if you think it's, <laughs> if you think it's what you're, what you're meant to do and you think it's going to be all right, then, you know, yeah, for sure. So he didn't, you know. Yeah,
1: it was really encouraging.
2: I wouldn't say we were like looking for people to like talk us out of it, but they were, well, there were plenty certain of people
1: to talk. There were certain,
2: <laughs> there were certain people's opinions that I valued that, that they were for it. Yeah. And yeah. that I think helped. For sure. I don't want to say brought me around, but it helped solidify Conf- me. Right in the in the decision
0: and from the time that i had met with you you were a hundred percent like all in there was no yeah. question which was great as a midwife you know like okay all right i got one it's like yeah. she's not questioning this at all she is green light <laughs>
1: yeah i'm glad i seemed that way because i i really felt that way i i'm not a very um or i should say i'm a very all-in person i can't do anything a little bit like mm-hmm. Nothing can just be like a hobby or a slight interest. I'm either like investing all of my extra time and energy into it, or I'm not doing it at all, which is probably not a good
2: thing. She said she but, wanted to she said she wanted to grow cut flowers. and two months later we had a tractor and four implements, and our guest bedroom farm. was turned into a nursery with yeah. two thousand plants. So,
1: I immediately all, you know, I listened to your podcasts and these other podcasts and my whole Instagram is full of home birth and nothing else. And I just kind of immersed myself in it right away. And it just felt so right, though. And I think one of the big things for me was the second I dipped my toe into this, I don't want to say topic, but this area of stuff. It's so mind boggling what I had experienced before and what the majority of people are experiencing when this is an option and this is literally how we are designed and made to do this. And I think that was the big thing for me was society as a whole is accepting this one way of doing things and looking at the home birth midwifery way. As the crazy thing like this isn't this isn't the crazy thing the other thing is the crazy thing and i experienced that and it was quite frankly pretty awful and that's the only it's always oh well at least at least i have a healthy baby at least i didn't have a c-section at least it's like what it was just crazy so the more i got into it i just couldn't stop learning about it because it's it's just so interesting and fascinating and really awesome i mean I had no idea. I'd already given birth and I had no idea what really was going on with my body and all of those things. It was just really fascinating. Mm
0: -hmm. It's interesting that you said you felt like you didn't really give birth to your daughter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I went into her birth saying I wanted an unmedicated birth, but I had nothing to back myself up. And I had no backbone on that. Topic. I knew nothing. I read May's Guide to Natural Childbirth. I think is what it's called. Um, I read that, so I, you know, I knew that that was a possibility, but I didn't do anything else to prepare myself or to prepare Joe. Honestly, I mean, he, I started having contractions, and he was like, "Get the anesthesiologist." Everybody this talks.
2: Everybody talks about oh, Lamaze class or this or that or like in the movies and. We had asked the OB, you know, what do do we need to do to be ready? And she said, just by coming here to these appointments, by the time you give birth, you will know everything you need to know. And you will be ready to give birth. (laughs) And we were in that hospital room going, what in the world is going on? Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But what did you say that I started on about that? (laughs) You said you didn't didn't feel like you gave birth to your daughter. Yeah, so I didn't know what was going on. I wanted a natural birth. It
2: was very transactional.
1: Yeah, and I go in for an induction appointment at 41 weeks, which I wasn't 41 weeks. I know the day I conceived her and they were adjusting my due date on my period and that was five days off. So I was really only 40 weeks and three days or two days. That
2: always drove me nuts. Yeah,
1: and... So I get to the hospital for an induction at 5 p.m. So I'm up all day. They start Pitocin and I get hit by a semi-truck of contractions and immediately I'm begging them for an epidural or I was threatening to jump out the second story window because it was so horrible. I get my epidural and I can't feel anything. So I can't push. I'm on my back. And they had to use a vacuum to get her out. Aww. So yes, I am extremely grateful that I didn't have to have a C-section because I know my doctor really fought for me to stay out of the OR. So I'm really, really grateful for that. But they, I didn't feel her come out. I didn't have that rush of hormones when she came out. I didn't, it was a sea of people staring at me. Mm-hmm. I don't even think Joe was probably, I mean, there were nurses all around me, so he wasn't even really right next to me. I was in shock. It was just such a strange, like, sterile experience almost. And I think I was just in shock for so long because I'm like, but I didn't feel this baby come out of me. I didn't work to have this baby come out of me. They just took her out because they said it was time. Right. And I now experiencing, feeling it all and doing it myself, it was like, I feel almost robbed in her birth because I know what it could have been like with her. You know, and I think that would have changed a lot for me postpartum with her. Um, And I think even just the hormone thing, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I was completely numb and forced into labor, so my hormones are all out of whack, too, you know? So, it's just, it just didn't feel like I did anything. I begged for an epidural, and then they took her out. So, that's not how it's supposed to be. It's very detached. Yes, yes, very detached. And... I mean, my nurses were wonderful. They were so kind and they took really good care of me. I really did like my doctor a lot. So for what the experience was, I think we had the best people we could have. And they made me feel really, you know, comfortable and safe. And when things kind of went crazy a couple times, people actually looked me in the eye and told me what was going on. But it was still like I was in a a hospital. I wasn't... Mm -hmm. Somewhere comfortable. They said I was gonna be able to have a, you know, be in the water and I wasn't allowed to be in the water. The food and the, you know, it's just the whole thing is- The
2: chairs sucked. the food sucked. Yeah,
1: and I'm stressed about him too. Not that, you know, he wasn't, I hear horrible things about some dads during births, but the poor guy had to sleep on the worst recliner of all time, the night before his child was born. I had nothing to do, so I was working. He's just sitting there. I mean, like, I
2: I was working because there was nothing to do. It It was was just... It was so
0: weird. It was a strange experience. It doesn't sound natural, that's for sure. No. Yeah. No. The furthest thing from natural. Right. (laughs) So then you decide you're going to have a home birth. You're going to do it naturally. Mm -hmm. What fears came up in you? Because obviously you're committed. You said you're an all-in person. But what came up that said, like... Did you, did you have fears or things come up that you're like, oh, can I really do this? Because somebody did it for me last time. Can I really do this? Like, did you have any of that? So I didn't have the, can I do this fear?
1: Because I really felt so confidently that God, excuse me, made us perfectly. Yes. Obviously there are certain situations where things go awry and you need help and there's nothing wrong with that but for the most part our bodies are perfectly made to birth whatever baby is inside of you and it's gonna work out but it was the mental I've I have given birth but I didn't feel it I didn't have to work for it you know there's so many variables involved with birth um can i can i handle the pain i know i can but am i willing to go through with it you know am i gonna get in it and say screw this take me to the hospital i'm getting an epidural you know what i mean it was just the unknown like i listen like i said listen to your podcast other podcasts read books i I feel like i did as much preparation as i could but it was still i still don't know how it feels Mm -hmm. i never have had a natural contraction and i think i mentioned to you in one appointment the only contractions my body knows are i went from sitting like this having a conversation with joe no contractions to the most pain i've ever felt in my whole life from one second to the next no warning no buildup, nothing and i didn't know how to handle it so that was the only thing my brain knew but you reassured me, you're like, that's not how
0: that's not natural how birth goes.
1: is. <laughs> There's going to be a buildup. You're going to know it's coming. And by the time it gets to those really crazy ones, you'll, it's towards the end, you know, you've already been working through it. Like it's a totally different experience. So it was just more so that of what's it really going to be like? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to know until I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then there was obviously the, is this actually safe? Is this, right. is this stupid that we think we can have our baby in our house and be safe about it? And obviously, we've <laughs> discovered the answer is yes. <laughs> but we had tons of questions for you. What happens if he comes out with the cord around his neck? What if I hemorrhage? What if this? What if that? I mean, so many things. And every time I had a question or a concern, you gave me such a confident, clear answer of either what could happen what we would do, what you would do, why it happened, that anything I was worried about, right when you answered it, the fear was gone out of my brain because you had an answer to it. There was nothing that came up that you were like, oh yeah, I don't know. I would just let you bleed out on your couch. (laughs) Like that's not going to happen. Cause that's, that's, I feel like what people, when I would say I'm having a home birth, I think people thought it was just like some hippie thing that you would just come and be like, oh, sprinkle some oils on me and just cross your fingers. Mm -hmm. Like, you really know what you're doing. Like, in every situation that's going to come up, you have a plan and you have options of what you can do to take care of it. And you were so confident and I trusted you so much that I knew we were going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And I think the only thing... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the placenta previa that I brought up to you. Oh, you did get a little freaked out I was about really that. freaked out about that for some reason. And then after talking to you, and then I like looked into it myself a little bit more, I was still a little bit nervous, but I think it was just time was ticking and I was going to give birth any minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, I'm going to be a little worried. So I just kind of clung to that one thing, I think. Uh-huh. Um, But obviously, it wasn't an issue.
0: So Yeah. <laughs> And I think it's important to mention that you asked questions. Oh, yeah. Because that's what I think empowers parents. I can tell you a lot of things. Birth educators can tell you a lot of things. You can go to all sorts of classes. But when you are asking questions, you're empowering yourself with knowledge. Mm -hmm. And you're getting feedback from somebody and you can read them as you're giving that feedback. Yeah. So, you know, if I just spew out a speech that I spew out to everyone, that may may be rehearsed, you know. But when you ask somebody questions and you see how they respond to you, I think that really helps build the trust and relationship. Yeah. Because I've had people say, well, I don't know what questions to ask. And it's about educating yourself, Mm -hmm. because when you educate yourself, then you do know what questions to ask. And when you decide to have your baby at home, you are taking full responsibility for that. And so you have to know what you're getting yourself into. You have to read books, you have to educate yourself. So I commend you for doing that. And you always came to me with great questions. I literally had a list typed out on my phone every single time. Yeah, (laughs) and I always appreciate that. When clients come in with questions, I'm like, all right, great. Let's go through them because these are the things that are important to you. And it's showing me that you're preparing yourself for what's ahead. Yeah. When somebody comes in, they're like, okay, yeah, great. And I always have a question mark of, okay, how's this going to go? Yeah. Because they're obviously not doing their homework.
1: And I mean, really the only, I don't want to say preparation, but I didn't do classes or anything. I just literally listened to podcasts. Anytime I had an opportunity. So if someone mentioned something in their birth story of I don't know, my baby turned when I was in labor and they came out breach. Okay, then my next appointment I was like, so what do you do if the baby's coming out breach? Right. <laughs> you know, it was all of these I feel like I eventually <laughs>
2: Your answer was you, you push deliver the baby out. <laughs> and that was the And then C-s- we were like
1: Oh Oh,
2: okay, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but it was every time I had this question that I was like, oh, surely this is going to be the thing that she says is too dangerous and I'm going to change my mind. You gave me a very... It wasn't like you you know, thought about it for a while. You just had an answer and it was confident and it made sense to me. You know, nothing you said was like, is she trying to trick me? <laughs> nothing seemed strange, you know?
2: I, I'm a pretty risk-averse person and that was... I, I just, I didn't want to end up in a situation where there's a chance that I could lose my wife or child. Yeah. And, you know, at every step of the way, you reassured us that if something is going wrong that, you know, you need to transfer to a hospital, we're going to know with ample time to transfer you to the hospital. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be a, you know...
1: Screaming down the driveway. Right. Yeah.
2: And that, I think ultimately is what gave me the most peace with everything is that okay if everything goes wrong we'll go to the hospital and deliver in the hospital
0: yeah well and hopefully I added to that as I usually do that there are things that we can't foresee right right and that's why it's important to have someone trained at your birth that knows how to handle those situations however I can never guarantee anyone a perfect outcome.
2: Right. right. And a hospital mm-hmm.
0: and a doctor can't guarantee a perfect outcome. And it's about knowing the risk that you're willing to take.
1: Yes. And that was, so I'm a hairstylist, so I'm talking to people all day. And I will pretty much talk to anyone about anything. I'm not necessarily very shy or a closed book. But I would have people say, like, well, what if, what if you're bleeding to death? Mm-hmm. Like, well you that could happen in the hospital too mm-hmm. i mean my and i would say my midwife has you know xyz you know certain situations these are the things she can do but no i feel like no one questions when you're going to a hospital it's like yeah i understand that all of the things are right at the tip of their finger there but there are some pretty horrible outcomes in a hospital mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. i mean there. are why there's NICUs and all of the medical interventions available to them because things go wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's not a perfect science when you go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So that was that was another thing for me. is like, well, the, the risk is obviously there. If there's any risk that I could lose my life or my child's life, why would I take that risk? But that risk is there in the hospital. Okay. So it's not like it's gone when you go to the hospital. That was a big one for me too, was just because you go to the hospital doesn't guarantee you Anything. Just like having home birth doesn't guarantee you anything, but the risk for that at least. Isn't it better? Isn't your aren't the outcomes better for that with home birth?
0: What outcomes specifically? Like just in general, infant mortality? Yeah. Happen. Okay. So yes, however, we're dealing with a low risk population. That's so true. it's hard to compare That's apple true. to apple. It's not truly apple to apple because we don't take anything that's high risk. That's true. So you wouldn't see those necessarily right. anyways. That's true. And when we do have a complication arise, then it then it becomes a hospital birth if it's a uh, complication that isn't safe for home. So our statistics look great, but, but it's, it's because, because we have the, if you will, easy cases for lack of better sure, terminology. Sure, That makes sense. Yeah. So... Um, And we don't intervene. I think that that's the biggest difference between the risk factors is that depending on who you hire to accompany you on your home birth, you are going to have a lot lower intervention rate. Mm-hmm. In the hospital, you're pretty much guaranteed to be offered a lot of interventions. Or essentially forced into them (laughs) and so those interventions come along with risks Mm -hmm. every single intervention comes with a risk or a benefit whereas you minimize interventions you minimize risks benefits you let mother nature play out the way that it plays out so yes we do take the best clients the, the, the lowest risk clients but we also don't intervene in the process and that's a huge reason why our statistics are so good. Yeah. Yeah. So going through your prenatal care, i met both your mom and your Mm mother-in-law, both lovely women who ended up being at your birth. Yeah. And I got to know Ada very well, your daughter. Yes, you did. (laughs) She loves you. (laughs) She is wonderful. And we talked about having Ada at the birth. Yeah. And so I don't know if you want to go into that first or if you want to tell your birth story, if you guys have anything you want to add in before you kind of transition that. But I get a lot of comments from clients on my opinion on having their other children at the birth. What do you think, Julia? What have you seen? Do you think they'll be okay? And so, you know, maybe you can talk about that just sure. a little bit. Yeah. So
1: she's almost three and a half. Um, and a half, I mean, every kid's different. So that would be the first thing I would say is gauge your own kid like she's very clingy to me um so I think that's a big part of it too but with her age being three we've been able to my entire pregnancy uh prepare her for it tell her what it's going to be like to see me in labor tell her what it's going to be like when a baby's born what is a baby going to be like and we I talked to her about it every single day so she's she's not you know one and a half that can't really comprehend anything like that. She's three, so she can really understand a lot of stuff that we're telling her. So, when I asked you about that, you that's kind of what you said. You're like, have someone on standby to take her if she's not handling it well. You'll probably go in the middle of the night anyway, so she'll probably be asleep. You know, just you kind of have to play it by ear because you don't know what they're going to be like till they're in it. And I am so grateful that we had her here. It was mm-hmm. a really wonderful experience, I think, for her. I hope she remembers it to some degree for the rest of her life. Oh, I'm sure she will. I hope she will. And I I just love, and I loved having our moms here, too, just making it a normal thing mm-hmm. to give birth because it's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to set that tone for Ada that her body is made this way for a reason, and I mean, if one day she has kids and she wants to schedule a C-section, she she can do it You're if she so wants. Her. Of course, but I want her to see this as a normal thing and not have her first birth experience, I guess, to be a movie where someone's sweating and screaming and getting pinned to a table, mm-hmm. you know, asking someone to shoot them in the head when that's not what it's like Mm because every you know rom-com or whatever sitcom that's what mother's giving birth looks like you hear him Mm -hmm. screaming down the hallway and everyone you know i don't want her i don't want her to think that that's what it is i want her to see what it really is like and to you know have it be a family experience was also really important to me to you know bring us together for something so special And both of our moms have said how grateful they were to be here for that, to watch their grandchild be born. And that just felt like something really special that I can have with them. So I wanted to, you know? But yeah, to have Ada here was really, really awesome. So
0: So would you like to tell your birth story from both of your perspectives? We (laughs) did, you know, prenatal care in my office and at your home. Yep. We did a lot of talking about you know, Joe's question, well, how much water goes in the pool? How am I going to blow it up? And I talked to Joe about this on multiple occasions, and he knows it's coming because he's making faces right now. And I get here, and he's boiling pots of water. There's no hose in the tub, and I'm going, what is going on? I thought we talked about this. Do you want to explain the hot
1: water tank situation really
0: quick? I'm giving him a hard
1: time. Now that you brought it up,
2: can't, can't, can't we. A valid excuse. We. We bought this house in December of 2019. 2019. And the hot water tank was already old. 15 years old, which they come with like a three, six or nine year warranty. And so like a 15 year old hot water tank is, is it's on its way out. Well, this one was actively leaking. <laughs> it needed to be replaced. And, and in I, your defense,
1: I went and at Thirty eight weeks and three days. So we thought we had time. (laughs) I you'd even bought it.
2: I We'd bought it. It was going in. It was going in like the last week of January. And Emily goes into labor (laughs) January twenty
1: first
2: with an old hot water tank that I can't use to fill up the pool. My plan was to use the new hot water tank. It had a regular hose attachment on it, and because it would be a new clean tank, you could safely use the water from it to fill the pool. This old 15-year-old tank, I couldn't trust the water coming out of it because it's an old tank. it's, <laughs> old tanks have sediment, and the sleeves inside can so rust. So poor guy. And so, big
1: pots of water. So I'm using water from
2: the the tap and big buckets, and yeah. Hey, he was, got some water in there. It was not. Yeah. It was less than ideal.
0: So And
2: then you didn't even use it. So. And
0: then, but you still made use of the water. We did.
2: Oh yeah, the pool sat in the living room because like right, right. What what? We're in January, in Ohio. So it's freezing out, so now I have a pool with 200 gallons of water in it in the living room. I'm going, what the hell do I do with this now? And uh, I offered you a sump pump. Well, then I, I, right, to pump the water where? Into in the, the backyard <laughs> to have an ice rink. So I didn't like that idea. So we ended up, we have chickens and pigs. Of course. So, like any normal person. Right. So for the <laughs> like couple th- weeks after oh, it was, it was the like birth, week. yeah, uh, I was, that's the water I was using to water the animals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> first, on a Friday. So
2: 121.
1: Thursday, I had my 38-week appointment with you, and that was the first time I met Christina. Mm-hmm. And,
2: and I had never met Christina because I didn't make it to that appointment.
1: Yeah. So, I had worked Wednesday, eight o- nine hours, and I had no breaks.
2: No one could believe that you were still working.
1: Yeah, you I work on
2: your feet for nine ten hours at a at a at a stint with your with your arms up above someone else's head.
1: Yeah, and, and I was uh, having contractions all day at work, yeah. but they were like Braxton Hicks contractions, so I didn't think anything of it. But he had dropped significantly on Thursday. Like the whole top half of my belly felt empty, like where his feet always were. Was always above my belly button, and there was nothing above my belly button anymore. But I didn't, there was nothing in me that was like, oh, this baby's coming, you know? I think I had mentally prepared myself to go to literally 42 weeks, that I was like, there's no chance I'm going.
2: I don't think I had fully wrapped my head around the fact that we were having another child. I don't
1: think you did. (laughs) So I come. It
2: it felt like your due date was forever away. It did. Until he was here. And then it was here. Didn't feel like it was real.
1: <laughs> so I came to the appointment. I was telling you guys, like, I swear I'm going to go to the bathroom and his leg's yeah. going to be hanging out of me. Like, I just You kept feel... saying, like, he's going to fall out. Like, he was so low. And I was waddling. My hips hurt. He was just so low. And I was having contractions. Looking back... I think if yeah. I had timed them, they were probably 10 or 15 minutes apart. All day, All that day, day. long. All day long.
0: Yeah, because you really didn't let on to that. But Christina's, like, midwife radar went up, and she was like, Julia, she's going to have that baby tonight. Yeah, that's and, what you told and, me Like, after. she yeah. knew it. She was like, she is in labor. She's in early labor. She's going to have that baby. And I
1: was like, really? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I was, because I had our Mini Cooper that day, which is stick shift, and I remember kind of struggling to drive it. Because I would have to shift through contractions. And they weren't painful. But they were strong (laughs) enough that I had to, like, okay, something's happening. I didn't know that. But I remember driving home, and I was like, dang, I don't want to drive this car right now. Like, I'm just really uncomfortable. So I come home. Joe was gone that whole day. So I had Ada here by myself. And I don't know. It just had a, like, the day had a different feel. Like, I don't know. I just felt different. But I started... (laughs) Um, being crazy about our walls being dirty. So I called called Joe and I said, you need to get a box of magic erasers while you're out. He was like, oh, I'll order some for you on Amazon. They're a way better price. I was like, no, you need to bring them home with you today. I need to clean these walls. I was,
2: I was helping a friend pick up a load of lumber for a project that he's working on. And we're in Menards. Menards and I'm getting yelled at to pick up magic erasers. I was like, like, if you don't come home
1: with those magic erasers, I'm gonna be mad. (laughs) I need this crayon off the wall, okay? (laughs) So he comes home with the magic erasers. We were, it was a really nice evening. It was like, we were just playing in the living room with Ada and I was scrubbing the walls, Joe's glaring at me. It was a nice evening. I was scrubbing the walls through contractions.
2: You were on a rampage. (laughs) You were
1: Joe was begging me to sit down and stop scrubbing the walls because I'd be scrubbing and then I would go, Oh, I'm having a contraction, and I'd like slowly. She's scrub about to while fall over
2: in the kitchen. <laughs> so she comes and sits down on the couch, magic eraser in toe, and she's having a contraction and she's she's rubbing the wall. Behind me.
0: I, I always tell people to, to keep yourself busy and yeah. stay distracted. Oh, she kept busy. It was possible. It was got your busy. walls clean doing it. Yeah,
1: and then I didn't have to stare at dirty walls postpartum. It was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: I didn't know what the hell was going on.
1: I know you didn't. You were just staring at me like I was crazy. So Ada went to bed, and I never shower at night. This might sound stupid, but I never shower at night, but I was like, I need to take a shower. I need to wash my hair. I just I really need to get in the shower. So I got in the shower, we go to bed, and my contractions started to get kind of crampy in the evening. I think you texted me that, too. Oh, yeah. And I Mm -hmm. think I had some blood. You had some bloody show. Yeah. And they started getting crampy, and I texted my best friend, who just had her second baby, three months before I had Patrick. And I was like, yeah, my contractions are kind of crampy, so I don't know, maybe I'm having a baby. And just, like, but I didn't think I was in labor. Like, Still, I was like, no way am I having this baby. So he, Joe fell asleep before me, and I got to sleep probably at, like, 1030. And I woke up multiple times to go to the bathroom. And then finally at 130, I was up with contractions. And I tried to stay kind of quiet in bed because I wanted Joe to get as much sleep as possible. But it only lasted, like, maybe an hour. And me rolling around in bed and stuff woke him up. I was like, don't freak out, I was like, but I think I'm in labor. And, and I of course, he like pops up out of bed. <laughs> I, well. And he was like, Emily, the hot water tank. <laughs> 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 so what am I going to do? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you,
2: I, didn't, well, I I wasn't convinced. Yeah, you were not convinced. Because you went into labor, and I'm doing air quotes, um, when you were pregnant with Ada. And we went to the hospital
1: Oh, yeah, I thought it was in labor. Job,
2: this, that, and the third. And I
1: was not in labor.
2: And Dr. Gupta, she uh, assessed you and determined that you were not in labor. And so Joe
1: thought it was another false alarm.
2: <laughs> so I just thought it was another one of those
1: Yes. Yeah. So, and then we also had a, I wouldn't say snowstorm, but we got a decent amount of snow. And Joe was, was like, oh, God, like... All these people are coming to our house. I don't want anyone to slip on the front steps. He's like, are you okay by yourself? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Because at that point, I was, they were like seven minutes apart and I was breathing through them like totally fine. And um, so he went and he like shoveled the front porch, started blowing up the tub and he would come back up. He's like, you seriously think you're in labor? It's like, yeah, (laughs) I I think this is it. (laughs) And I don't know what time I called you. I feel like it was maybe three o'clock in the morning.
0: It was like three, it was between three and four, I think.
1: Yeah, and I called you. I was like, I think I'm in labor. And I was so, so nervous to call you and have me not be in labor and have everyone come here and have nothing happen and have everyone go home. I just did not want that to happen. But I also wanted you to make it. I didn't right? want to wait so long that no one made it. So I called you. You told me to eat protein and rest and drink, drink a water. lot of water. Yep. So I was drinking my water. Joe got me a snack, and then it was like an hour and a half after I think we called you.
0: Joe called.
1: Joe
2: called. You, <laughs> I always,
0: yeah. That's what I'm always waiting for. I'm waiting for the dad call. I'm waiting I waiting for the dad call. Like
2: you uh, didn't want to call her bad. again. <laughs> you didn't want to call her again. I said, yeah, I'm I'm gonna call Julia Yeah, because
1: I had started moaning through the contractions. Um. Oh, and Ada had woken up at this point. She normally wakes up early in the morning between 1 and 5 a.m. somewhere in there and comes in our bed and sleeps for a while or the rest of the night so she woke up came in our bed let you know Joe's bedside lamp was on Joe was out of bed I was awake so I think she thought it was like morning time but I told her I said I'm you know I think the baby's coming you know you know we've been talking about this and what it's gonna be like and she was so excited and we got to have just a little bit of time just the three of us like snuggling in bed and before, I was, like, really uncomfortable. And that was really nice to have just... I remember thinking to myself, like, this is the last time that it's just the three of us. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really nice to have this moment. But, so, Ada stayed with me. I think maybe we turned a show on for her or something on the iPad. And so, I started moaning <laughs> through contractions. And they were five minutes apart consistently. So, Joe called you and said, it's time for you to get here. Um, so... I had been laying on my left side this entire time in bed, pretty much not moving at all. I really tried to stay calm and relaxed the entire contraction and it was working. I, I felt really comfortable, but I really wanted to get in the in the pool. And I told you I, I wanna get up and get in the pool. So I, it was like the second I stood up, it got intense fast. So I wanted to just be in a bra in the pool because I don't I don't like just being naked so I just wanted to have a bra on. so I'm changing my shirt to contraction Joe's like will you get downstairs and stop doing that just come on he was getting a little nervous so I changed and I had probably two contractions just walking down the stairs and Joe kind of hurried me down so that he didn't have to like hold me up on the stairs the whole time so we came down I started on the exercise ball, with like leaning on it, and that's when Ada started. She was rubbing my back and saying like You're doing a good job, Mom." Aww. And just she breathe. was awesome. And she would carry my water bottle around next to me and like put it up to my mouth. I
2: told her, I said, I said, make sure Mama drinks water, because you had you had said after every contraction, Emily needs to have at least a sip of water. And and he was still uh, filling up the we pool. Were, yeah.
1: So. I, I don't want to say I was on my own. That sounds dramatic. He was literally right in the other room. But he left Ada next to me. She didn't want to leave me. So she's putting the water bottle to my face. She goes, I'm going to go get you a snack. And she runs to the cabinet and she gets me crackers. And she sh- I'm going, I don't need crackers, Ada. I don't need crackers. I'm like trying to swat her away. And she's like, no, you need to eat a snack. Yeah. <laughs> so I finally made my way over to the pool. And there was not a whole lot of water in it. But it was probably just, just to my hips. Like, Like pretty low still, but it was just enough water that it really helped for a little bit. And Ada's throwing toys in the pool for me to play with because I clearly looked bored. (laughs) So I don't I don't know. Was I in the pool when you guys got here? Yeah.
0: Then we showed up. And you did have underwear on. Yeah. Did I? You had underwear on. Because I remember coming in and thinking, Well, those are gonna have to come off. (laughs) (laughs) I don't (laughs) know.
1: I probably could have been totally naked at that point. I wouldn't have even known. But yeah. so once I heard you come in, I, I don't think I thought I was nervous, but I, I definitely was because once I heard your voice, I was like, oh, okay, at least somebody, you know, somebody's here. Now, I knew everybody's I was nervous. not here yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could tell too. I didn't even
2: know you yet. I could tell. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as soon as you walked through the door, I remember thinking like, don't know who the hell you are, but please come. <laughs> We need, we need you, don't know what you can do, but you Be need help. to do it because you're here and now I am not alone yeah. with a three-year-old and a, and a moaning wife <laughs> and a half-filled kiddie pool.
1: <laughs> you... Yeah, that was good timing. I needed you yeah. in that moment. So, and then... Yes. I don't think you were far behind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and then Joe's mom got there... My mom got there. When
2: my mom got here, she kind of... She, t-
1: she took Ada. She took
2: Ada. she was l- the first let's go, one here. Let's go play in your room, read some books, mm-hmm. whatever. Because at that um, point,
1: my I was like eyes closed. Yeah. Nothing. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I remember one contraction. I yelled for Joe to push on my back. Oh, yeah. He you, had me,
2: you had me push on your, on your, lower, back. your lower back. And I was... I was putting all my weight on your lower back, and it you felt said so
1: good. You said it helped
2: tremendously. The next contraction, I went to touch you,
1: like your fingertips touched me, and,
2: and I said, you get off of me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might did I swear to you? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. So for any dads listening, <laughs> don't assume what your wife wants in one contraction will be the same for the next <laughs> contraction.
1: You might get swatted. You are probably wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Double check.
1: Yeah. So I was... I feel like I was pretty loud at that point. I was like... Very. Yelling more so than I anything. I don't remember you no? being that loud. Oh, I felt like I was like a wild animal. I
2: thought she was extremely loud <laughs> for, the, for the most of it.
1: Um... But Julia, you calmed me down right when you got there. You, like, knelt down in front of me, and you just told me, like, focus your energy down. Don't focus it out like you're doing.
0: So you, that's right. You were making noise, but you weren't, like, loud, like, loud that I'm used to. Okay. So, comparatively. So, took hard tones. Baby sounded great. And I could tell, like, you were really close to birth, but you were holding it in your throat. If you're holding it in your throat, you're holding it in in your vagina. All your sphincters are, like, connected. And so I remember just feeling, because what I tell clients, it's different for every single person. It's not the same. But I just remember, like, if I can get her to just not make a noise, this baby is just going to slide out of her. And so I kind of told you, like, I know this is going to be really, really difficult, but try not to make any noise. Let all the energy that you would put into noise go into your bottom. And you did it. Then I asked you to go to the bathroom. And you were not so oh. happy.
2: And when you, when you had asked her, try, try to be quiet during the contraction, I remember thinking, like, oh, God, she just realized that if she moans low, it makes it feel better. And now Julie is telling her, be quiet. I'm like...
1: But to be honest with you, you could have told me, I don't know, we're going to go run a marathon now, but I genuinely, I trust you so much and I had so much faith in the knowledge and the experience that you have. You could have told me to do anything and I would have been like, okay, Julia, I'll do what you tell me to do to get this baby out because I, I I don't, I didn't know how to have a baby. You've seen it before. You've done this so many times. If you were telling me that, I obviously needed to do it, so I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. I'm, right.
2: You were not happy about the toilet.
1: Oh, no. You, well, and you also told me, you said, I know you're not going to like to hear this, but you cannot have this baby in this tub. You said right. there's not enough it, water. It just
0: was not. And, there's some ways we can, like, fudge it, but there was not gonna be enough Yeah, water. and
1: I was not married to a water birth. I wanted to have the water available if I wanted it and if it was helpful, if we could do it. Mm-hmm. I was not married to it. Which I'm glad because I think that would have been defeating yeah. if I had heard you say that. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to shift everything. But I didn't have the expectation of I have to give birth in the water. But anyway, so, and I think I even said to you like, that's okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And then you said, I need you to go sit on the toilet. <laughs> for, for, th-
2: for, for three, three contractions. contractions.
1: I said just three because I knew that was all you were going to need. Oh, I, the thought of doing that was like you might as well just kill me now (laughs) but even because even just i couldn't find a comfortable spot in the water so thinking of not being in the water like how much more uncomfortable can this get and even just getting out of the pool i didn't know how i was gonna lift one leg (laughs) to get over the side of the pool but joe basically picked me up i think and basically i don't want to say dragged but supported all my weight to get me to the
0: toilet yeah So what, your bathroom's like 20 feet away from the couch? Yeah. And so I'm sitting on the couch, and and I hear the noises come back, but I hear the noises come back in like a low kind of pushing tone, and I hear didn't you yell out something's coming out of her
2: well yeah so you had you had your three contractions and you said get me the f out of this bathroom yes
0: oh yeah and
2: so i was you couldn't you could not stand up at that point yeah. so i i was I going, I was going so to bad. pick you up and carry you to the couch i was holding you oh, wait, through before, a contraction
1: before that while i was on the toilet i think my water
2: well, right, that's yeah. that happened on. So I held you through oh, uh, oh, contraction well. number four. You said, "Put me back down."
1: Oh, okay.
2: Then contraction number five or six, there was what looked like, like a a bulge, a bulge and then, mean. and then there was a, a splash, so cool. and that's when I yelled out to you, and you joined in the bathroom, and you said, "We we you need to get off this toilet well, and I we have it. a we have a short, small toilet," and you had said, "There's." There's not enough room for you to deliver this baby sitting on this toilet.
1: Like, no one could catch the baby. And that was... I remember also yelling, I'm pushing, at one point while I was on the toilet. Yeah.
0: It was right before my water broke. It was right before your water broke, because I was sitting on the couch, and you started the guttural, I'm pushing! (laughs) (laughs)
1: And I had said before, at some point, while I was pregnant, I... I didn't have any like strong, I want things to go one way or the other in my birth. Obviously, I wanted to give birth at home. But beyond that, whatever I had to do, whatever happened was fine with me. But I really, for some reason, wanted to have the fetal ejection reflex. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but hearing other women describe it, I was like, I want that to happen to me. I, not that I didn't want to push on my own, right. but for some reason, I really wanted to have that experience. And I sure as hell
2: did. Yeah. <laughs> and the way that you had described the fetal ejection reflex to me, all I could think of is why would you want that?
1: Yeah, I don't really know why I wanted it so bad, but I did. I don't know. It it didn't sound necessarily enjoyable. It's and I know, you know, you can tear easier because things happen so fast, you know, you might not be in an ideal position or whatever, but I still I just I heard about it, and I was like, that's what I want. I want that Mm -hmm. to happen to me. But Do you feel like it did? Oh, my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was crazy. It was the weirdest. Because when I was yelling, I'm pushing. I wasn't pushing, though. It was my body was pushing pushing for me. There was nothing I could have done to stop that from happening. I heard one woman describe it as throwing up backwards.
0: (laughs) Christina says that. Do you really?
1: That's exactly what it's like. It's. Everything just, like, lurching down. Oh, my gosh. It was such a strange
0: feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was it was what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. So, we got you off the toilet, and you're literally in the doorway. Yes. And Joe was going to catch the baby, and he's in front of you, and I'm behind you, and I look at him, and I'm like, buddy, you better get back here now. Yeah. Because this baby's coming out now. And he literally hopped over you just in time. You can tell the rest.
2: Yeah. So... You, you, the goal was to get you to the couch. Yeah, you were like mid contraction. You said, "Put me down," and so you you were on your hands and knees. Your
1: hands, your
2: your knees were about in line with the threshold. Your feet were in the bathroom. Your hands were in the hallway, and your head was probably touching the wall on the other side of the hallway. And yeah, Julia, you said, you know, get get over here. Like this is it. And uh, I remember, like his Patrick's head came out. And then the rest of them came out like like that, and he was a wet, slimy mess. And it was like trying to hold on to uh, like a a flopping fish, or like there's <laughs> if you've never held a two second old baby, the only other way that I could describe it is like a the like a, a wet, slimy fish.
0: Yeah, they're yeah. hard. They're
2: hard to get a <laughs> And then, um, you know, it's a boy, it's a boy. And then, of course, Ada, who wanted a baby sister, started yelling and crying. I wanted a girl. <laughs> so she was beside herself. We were beside ourselves just because we You guys were, were
0: crying. Oh, we my were god! Started crying guys crying. It
2: like- was I'm, crazy. I'm holding Patrick and hugging Julia in the bathroom. And then, you, you know... Julia you asked Emily do you you know do you do you want to hold him and you said yeah and so Well I
1: think I was in shock a little yeah. right when he came out cuz I was still on all fours and I just kept going oh my god oh my god oh my god like I just couldn't stop yeah. saying that for
2: like an hour and a and half I was you just said sitting
1: that. there and I think yeah you said do you want to hold your baby and I was like uh, what
2: <laughs> You were like what baby What just happened yeah. I mean
1: he just and Ada yeah. likes to tell everyone he literally shot out. I mean, he flew out. So I was just not, I was expecting like a head to come out and me to push some more. Like I wasn't expecting it to really go like that. And it was just such a strange, surreal experience. But yeah, I remember I was holding him on my chest and I was looking down like there's really a baby right there. And I looked up at Christina and I said, is he okay? Cause he was just.
2: He was, he was just looking, looking at out.
1: me. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't screaming or anything. I was like, is he okay? You were like, he's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so, it was wild. And it was really, I, really wild.
2: What I thought was really cool that I didn't, did I didn't realize or didn't, I guess didn't think of, um, you know, every, everybody knows, you know, your belly buttons where your umbilical cord is and it gets cut and you're, you know, that's, you know, that's that. But if you've never, if you don't, no, or if you've never really thought about it the other end of the baby is the placenta the umbilical cord goes from the baby to the placenta and so you had delivered patrick and not yet the placenta so you were holding him we got you up out of the hallway you came sat on the couch and you still had the placenta inside yeah. of you and you were holding him and we were on the couch and i don't know how long it was but
0: probably 20 minutes yeah 30 minutes.
2: you you stood up
0: Pushed. Oh, you yeah, had to deliver the You placentia. stood up,
2: pushed twice, delivered the placenta, and that was really cool um to see that. And and Julia, you looked at it, and you were you know you could you could see where it was, and you know I think you had said there was the start of um, an abruption, an abruption. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the placenta was delivered, and it was in a in a, a a bowl or a bedpan or whatever next to you, and so he was still hooked up to the placenta for <laughs> a while, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And then it was time to cut the cord, and I got to cut the cord. Um, but that was just, that was really neat. Because at the hospital, I remember he was born, and I I cut Ada's umbilical cord. But I don't remember it like I remember this.
1: Yeah, because it was and, in the flurry of her being born. They do it immediately. And I
2: knew, like, I knew that I cut her cord, but yeah. I never saw the placenta. Yeah. I never, I, I, I don't, I can't picture her connected connected to the cord to the placenta still inside of you um cuz that
1: there i don't think it yeah was probably more than a minute
2: yeah and i to just i, I don't know yeah, I, that for was some really reason cool. that really just sticks out to me that yeah he was still getting you know benefit from the placenta for however long and yeah. you delivered that after you delivered him and
0: god and then you nursed yeah. him in the first hour yeah yeah, yeah. mama does yeah. a lot of
1: work yeah, yeah. oh man and it was so (laughs) i felt so good and Mm -hmm. i had that tear and stuff but i just felt like i felt that hormone rush you know Mm -hmm. that i didn't have with ada and then i understood what everyone had always talked about of like i just looked in my baby's eyes and it was you know this instant like love connection like i unfortunately like i said didn't have that with her just, I think, because of everything going on and the interventions and stuff. But I had that with him. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is what people are talking about. Yeah. I finally get it, you know? And it was so nice to just be on my couch, holding my baby, and have
0: no one touching me. And you didn't even care when we put you on the kitchen table.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time.
0: That was yeah. a good time. I was like, where are we going to check you for tears? Where are we, you know, and I'm like, this is you, like, this is like an OR table with this bright light. It's nice and hard. If I have to do anything, it would be great right here. Because like, you tried to you check know? me on the couch. Yeah. yeah it it was
2: just not working. You said, you said I need, I, I remember you said I need you on a hard surface and, yeah. and I think you interpreted that as I need you higher. So you wanted to put a pillow underneath your bottom and then i don't know when you said hard surface i think like subconsciously i was like put her on the table <laughs> like, table we, t- we took a we took a leaf out of the dining room table and i
1: got up on the table
2: yeah
0: yeah and i think facing that's the are weird- your bottom <laughs> facing the window to the street too i was like i hope nobody can see yeah. me in here because yeah. this would be an odd thing to drive by oh man <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was an interesting experience, and I think
1: I even said to you while I was laying on the table, "This is the most feral I have ever felt, yes. and not in a bad way. Just this this is human nature yeah. at its core." And yeah. I remember I, feel like I had main. I had to take
2: a picture, just because I thought it was the
1: the table. greatest thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> and you and had your headlamp <laughs> on and everything.
2: So I'm just I'm trying to find it. So yeah the sun was up it's the the curtain was closed okay. and that i think was, i even said close were, the curtain you were on the table you were on the, the table window. at 8 56 a.m
1: oh wow two hours later because he was six forty two. Yeah, yeah
0: that's crazy <laughs> oh my gosh and look at the smile on my face i was like huh. you, were,
2: <laughs> you were giddy <laughs> that's for like, sure. that should
0: be that's your, disturbing.
1: That should be part of your <laughs> prep for everyone now. Make sure your dining room table is clear yes. before I get there.
2: It was... It we was. an
0: OR our table.
2: It was fantastic, yeah. <laughs>
0: it worked. It did the job. That's funny. Oh, gosh. What a great story. What else do you guys want to add before we wrap it up? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I just...
2: I don't know. I'm
1: really grateful like for what you do and the experience that we've had with you and everything. It was just... It was, I think, very healing for me in a way that I didn't know that I needed to know that I my body can really do something like this and that my mind can do something like this, and it was just such a special experience, I think, for everyone that was here, and I don't want to say—no, I do want to say life-changing. I think it was really life-changing for me. It gave me so much confidence in myself that I think was there, but just needed some— reassurance of i'm smart and capable of making hard decisions i've
2: never seen you dig into something as much as giving birth at
1: home yeah it was really important to me
2: you spent so much time researching reading listening to shows watching videos you know you Like we said, moms that don't know what questions to ask, you don't know what you don't know. Well, you found out what you don't know so that you could ask so that you could know. And then
1: I feel like there was no unknowns, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think we were just talking about this the other day. It, I feel like set me up so much better going into this next phase of motherhood of I am capable of taking care of myself and taking care of my family. I have the brain power to do research when I need to, ask the questions that I need to, and I'm capable of doing hard things. I can do things that are really, really hard because that was the hardest thing I've ever done. The whole experience, getting pregnant, being pregnant, giving birth, making all those decisions was the hardest thing I've ever done, but I did it. And he's here and it was amazing. So now I have, I feel like a, just a stronger confidence in myself and us as a family too, because he was so supportive the whole time that I don't know if anything else could have brought that on the way that this has. It was really, it was really
0: phenomenal. That's an awesome ending. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Emily. And thank you, Joe, for sharing your story today. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Till next time.